Hello gorgeous soul and welcome to this epic podcast. This is a place where you are encouraged and you have absolute freaking permission to unapologetically go after all of your dreams, all of your visions, all of your things in your vision board, like everything that your heart desires. I'm your host Angharad, the High Vibe Babe, and I believe that we're all in this life to expand and experience our wildest dreams. If one of us can have it, then we all can. So that is the aim of this podcast. Each week I'll either be going solo or have guests with the aim to inspire, uplift you and give you the tools for you to live your most epic AF life and business possible. You can find me on Instagram with the handle at Babe. Now let's get into today's episode. Hi babes, I'm Harry Hi Hi Babe. I'm so damn excited for this interview today. Today we have Amy, who is an Akashic reader, a magic activator, and a 5D magic and manifestation coach. She is here to help her soulmate clients dissolve their blocks and limiting beliefs, reclaim their powerful magic, expand into 5D consciousness, and manifest the life of their dreams. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's my absolute pleasure and Amy and I have just finished working together for three months and she is, I can definitely testify to everything she just said, she's an amazing, amazing coach. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit past the bio, like who you are and where you've come from and, and what's really led you to be doing the work that you now do? Yeah, sure. So uh, basically I'm like a regular human being. I'm a mom. I live in Ontario, Canada. And what has really led me to this place, this point in my life, obviously is every single part of my journey, but mostly like I kind of always believed in magic. Like certainly as a child, I fully believed in my worth and my magic and my power. Like it was, I was quite a sassy little number when I was little. And through the process of being sort of programmed and conditioned as we all are through my childhood and young adulthood, I really became disconnected from that. And yet at the same time, I still always knew it was there. But the messaging I was receiving from my family and my friends and my society and, you know, all that stuff uh, was just that, like, that shit's make-believe. It's not real. You know, get your head out of the clouds, come back to earth and behave yourself and, you know, get a, a job, preferably a career, make us proud, be responsible. Just a lot of messaging that ultimately really made me feel like I was dysfunctional and there was something wrong with me for believing in my own magic. And like the responsible good thing to do would be to leave all of that behind and step into the realm of like normalcy and like aim for mediocrity at best. Mm. So that was really, uh, really, really painful. And I feel like I'm really lucky. I came from a family that for the most part was pretty functional Uh, My parents certainly had their own wounds, as I believe all adults do. But, you know, it was it was an intact family unit. And I definitely knew that I was loved and I was considered important. And yet. I didn't feel like I was ever seen for who I was. So I, I know that there are a lot of people who also like don't have that particular foundation of feeling loved and how hard it is you know, for all of us, regardless of what our, our childhood foundations were, I believe that we're all really programmed out of our magic. 
So it was a, it felt like a long struggle um, of duality in my energy between like holding on to that knowing of my own magic and yet feeling like that's, that's a, a shitty thing that I should let go of. And ultimately what led me to finally step into it and turn it all around was the death of my newborn son four years ago, uh, four and a half years ago, almost. It would, it just was, it was at once the most painful experience I've ever lived through by far, by far, by far. And yet also the most liberating and the most activating experience because I think when you go through something that's that painful, you just don't give a shit what anyone thinks anymore, at least temporarily while you're in the, the white hot space of grief. And it, it just sort of, um, it was like I had to reach into who I really, really was, everybody else's judgment notwithstanding, to be able to get through that and not only get through it, but integrate it in a way that didn't I didn't feel diminished by it moving forward in my life um, so that I could you know continue living continue feeling joy continue feeling magic continue feeling like a powerful person he just sort of stripped away everything that was false that I had put on top of myself every like false layer of a mask he stripped me right down to the core of who I really am and reconnected with me with it again so since then, I've been uh, on a journey to reclaim that. And the more solid I get in that journey, uh, the, more, the more magic I see there really is. The more magic I, I realize we really are. And so now I'm on a mission to help give other people permission to accept their magic, reactivate it, remember it, centralize it, and also like tap into the magic of the universe. My particular area of ex expertise is the Akashic records and 5D consciousness. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. And I honestly, like, I remember you hearing that story from you. I think it was on a podcast once, maybe where I first heard about, maybe in a group coaching program together. I can't remember how I originally first heard your story about how you alchemized that that grief of, of losing your son like and it was just phenomenal like absolutely like holy shit you can actually do that like what and it's just a huge testament to all of us that have had significant losses in our life um you know and do you want to share a little bit about how that opened you up to the acacia and how how that journey went yeah absolutely so so the whole experience of um, like preconception, conception, the whole pregnancy, his birth, his his brief 20-day life, and then the, the after period after he died was absolutely imbued with magic, first of all. So <laughs> he was really, really, um, he was offering me a gift 100% to, to just make me aware of the synchronicities and not just synchronicities, but the deep magic behind everything that nothing is accidental truly mm -hmm. and so that was what I really clung to as as I let him go and as I leaned into the grief was all those experiences of magic along the way and the magic was kind of the only thing that 
it was the only thing I could tap into that would give me any real, wasn't even just relief. It was like, like I said, like a feeling like, oh, there's a way that I can live through this without being diminished by it. Mm. Um, That I'm not going to feel like a shattered, devastated human being for the rest of my life. So I just followed the, um, the breadcrumbs of magic that he was sprinkling along for me. And it eventually led me to the Akashic Records. I remember hearing the words on a podcast and I had never really, I'm sure I'd heard of it before, but I had never paid it any attention. And yet when I heard it that time, I just, it felt like magic to me. It it just felt so alive, those words, Akashic Records. And I was like, oh, I, I need to go there. I need to know what that is. So I looked into it, found out that, you know, it's like the place where all the answers are. (laughs) And uh, I found a program that teaches you how to go into the Akashic Records. And that was the first, actually the first big investment I'd ever made in myself. As a matter of fact, Mm. I paid for this program and I was determined to learn how to read the Akashic Records. I knew I had always been intuitive. I had always had like cool spiritual awakening experiences in my life, but I also didn't really believe that I was like psychically gifted or anything, but it, it was just like, I had nothing to lose. You know, I really didn't, what I knew that I needed and wanted was a, an expanded understanding of why his life had been so short and why things had gone the way they had gone. My brain was telling me that it was my fault. It was my karma. It was um, my practicing of negative thoughts and emotions while I was pregnant. You, You know, like a whole bunch of reasons, basically like why this was evidence of my failing and my unworthiness. And yet he was such a gift to me and no matter how painful the whole process was, I, I had no doubt that I would do it over and over and over again, just to be his mother, like just for the profound honor of being his mother. So mm-hmm. I kind of knew like my brain must be lying. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. He can't be a gift and a punishment at the same time. So I, I took a, I took a leap into the Akashic records I kind of let go of all my doubt that I couldn't do it. And I just led with the power of my desire to know the truth about why things happened the way that they did. And I learned through this um, program that I took how to enter the Akashic Records. And the first time I went in, I went with my big question. I was like, I'm not dicking around (laughs) with these little questions about what was my past life or whatever. I was like, I need to know, I need to know. And that very first time that I went in, I, I asked the question and the purity of my desire to know, no matter what the answer was, even if the answer was because you're a piece of shit. I got the answer. I got it so clearly. And it, it was, it was the most healing thing I've ever experienced. So to summarize it really briefly was that he, it it had nothing to do with my karma or my partner's karma. In fact, it actually had to do with my son's karma, but in a way that enlightened me to the real true meaning of karma. It was an experience that my son's soul desired for himself in order to kind of 
tie up a loose end, so to speak, that was left from a previous incarnation. I could go on and on about that concept on its own, but, um, Mm -hmm. and ultimately he had asked the two of us if we would, if we would do this with him and for him and ultimately be the ones who had to decide to let him go. That's how it went. He, we were faced with the decision to keep him alive at, with a great likelihood that he would have a very, very, very poor and painful quality of life or mm-hmm. to let him go. And that was specifically what he desired based on this previous incarnation. And he asked us if we would please do this for him. And we agreed. And he even snuck in as a totally surprised pregnancy in order to give us an opportunity to back out by, by terminating um, early on. And uh, we both went ahead with it. And so in fact, it was a gift for all of us and it was incredibly healing for all of us. And he chose us both specifically because he knew that we would be able to give him something he needed while he was having this brief and intense experience. So, and if you want more details, I have a podcast too, and I have an episode that goes (laughs) into like the particulars of what his, uh, his past incarnation was that led to that and why he chose my partner and I, but that was not what my brain had been telling me at all. And it resonated so deeply with me as the truth that I just like felt this massive healing shift instantaneously and, you know, tears of gratitude streaming down my face. And I was just so thankful that I could remember like, Oh yeah, that's what it was. And that's why I feel like I would do it a million times because it was something that I agreed and offered to do out of love for him. And so that, like, that was just so powerful. That was, it was the thing that allowed me to move on from that experience, feeling enhanced and like a greater, more pure version of myself rather than, you know, a broken, shattered version of myself. And I knew I had to share that with other people. I had to teach other people how to access that as well as to provide readings for other people, because it's just so powerful. Mm -hmm. It is really powerful. Like honestly, and although my walk isn't, I didn't have the same grief, but like I had my moment of realization. Oh, I'm not sure how long ago, a year or two ago, a year, maybe a year and a half ago. When my dad came to me because I lost my dad when I was seven when my dad came to me and, and shared a whole lot of information with me as to why it was for my best good that I lost him as, as a child. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it just flipped all of the narrative, you know, like you were saying, like, oh, you know, that's the karma or that, you know, I was a bad person or that like poor me or like for me, this was like sort of my stuff. And it flipped all of those on the head for me and on my head entirely to the extent now where you know, it is such a blessing and, and I really, truly, it's even little things. Like I was talking to my sister yesterday, one of my sisters about how dad, our dad was such a joker because my dad has a twin and he's still alive. And he told some stories um, to my family recently on Zoom about, they had a, they had a call about how, <laughs> what they used to do in their teenage years. And they used to like, just, just do the, the most hardcore prank stuff. He was such a, such a joking person and so intense. Whereas I'm a bit more of a serious person. I don't even know if I'd handle that. Like growing up with a father like that, you know, it's even little things like that. But now like I have such an intense 
and beautiful relationship with him. Like I, he's my biggest guide and I talk with him all of the time. I see him all of the time where I'm like, a lot of people don't even have good relationships with their family, you know, with their parents. So I'm like, I have the absolute best relationship with my mother, the absolute best relationship with my father. And it's just, it's, it's beyond the beauty that I ever knew was possible, you know, before I'd gone through that journey, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, there's something, you know, we're naturally loss is so painful. It's so painful. And yet it's a perspective that we have on earth. And it's not like loss isn't even the right word. Like there are certain aspects that we lose. Like you didn't get to have your father around from seven onward in a physical relationship. I don't get to have my son around with me in this life in a physical relationship. And and that part is a loss. We're missing out on something. Yet we haven't lost them at all. <laughs> They're really not gone. And we have a different kind of relationship with them than we would have otherwise. And it's really a beautiful thing to be able to acknowledge that and like receive it and experience it and allow it. Because if we're in the, constantly in the vibration of the loss aspect, then we can't, we're limited in how much of that we can allow in to our experience. Mm-hmm. Mm, I totally agree. And so with the Acacia, how is your journey? So like, obviously you now do Acacia readings and stuff, which I know very well and clear um, <laughs> from, from coaching with you for three months. It's absolutely phenomenal. What, like, what's your journey been with that? Like with, with, you know, then offering it in, within your business and stuff, how has that gone for you? Like integrating, you know, the two together? Yeah. I mean, I start my whole my whole business started out as an Akashic reader and I have really enjoyed doing that. I had to go through all of the nerves, of course, of being willing to even try to read for somebody else and being like all hung up on like, well, what if, what if it doesn't resonate? What if I'm wrong? All the human things. I just sort of like moved through those fears and did it anyway. And I've had so much fun doing all these readings. And now the the way that it's sort of evolving is just this desire to go really deep with people who are ready to have that profound healing experience or shifting experience, being able to basically see their life and their soul trajectory from a higher perspective that just gives them like a, a you know, a bigger picture view, like an extra piece of the puzzle that just feels like, oh, oh, that's it. So I was, I have been doing um, one-off readings for a while now, and I'm shifting into like deeper experiences, deeper dives, and um, more, I call it uh, Akashic Soul Alchemy, because it's really what I'm desiring is to work with those people who are ready to go on a bit of a journey and really integrate it. I've had, I've had a good handful now of people who have been wanting that experience and it's like, just feels so good and juicy and profound. Mm, That's beautiful. And yeah, once again, I can highly like working with you long, you know, for three months was just like, amazing having a one-off reading is amazing but like actually integrating and and having access and like really you know getting to know our power and that sort of leads into something I wanted to ask you which was like how would you describe kind of like 5d coaching basically like how in in human words as best you can (laughs) how how do you describe that experience and what it is that you do it in and with the 5d 
Yeah. So the, okay. So <laughs> right. Human words. <laughs> so basically my perspective of the 5d, what I understand of it is that 3d is where we exist. It's like the bandwidth of vibration within which we exist. So if you imagine all of creation being a spectrum of vibrational frequency, very similar to the electromagnetic frequency and 3d is a very tiny, tiny subsection of that spectrum that we exist in and allows us to translate energy and vibration into a physical experience. And, and that's where we exist. And, and yet because it's so visceral and it's so vivid and hyper detailed and multicolored, we kind of get in through our perspective, through our awareness, we kind of get trapped in it. And we think this is all there is because it's just so <laughs> all-consuming. Uh, but there's so much more. And we exist, our consciousness exists beyond, like, beyond the 3D across that whole entire spectrum. And so 5D, 4D is time and space. Because everybody's always like, well, why are you skipping from 3D to 5D? 4D is time and space. We already exist there. We don't really have to shift into 4D consciousness. But if you're going to make an analogy... 40 consciousness is as you start to like be willing to do therapy or coaching or, you know, any kind of self work where you, you become aware that your choices lead to the experience that you have and that you are a constantly evolving being unfolding mm -hmm. through time and space, basically through your life. 5D consciousness is where you start to really remember not just because somebody told you so but remember within yourself that you you are part of the all the all consciousness like you are you are god in one human incarnation one human form and that we are all god we are like bajillions of little mini pieces of god experiencing mm. itself in infinite ways and you start to be able to look at like feel yourself from a place of profound like appreciation and self-love and self-worth and you can also then look at other people even the ones that trigger the shit out of you mm -hmm. and also see them as part of God and actually not even separate from you they are just having a different individuated experience with a different perspective but you no longer feel like you need them to agree with your perspective for you to be okay you no longer feel like you need you know world circumstances or even personal circumstances to be just exactly perfectly so in order for you to be okay you essentially come fully back into your power and realize that this is so much less solid than what we think it is. It's so much more fluid. It's so much more, I want to say malleable, like we influence it with our consciousness so much mm -hmm. and you just stop feeling powerless. And not only that, but you tap into the frequency of love, which I have found through the Akashic Records is the vibration that matches like the substance of all creation. So there's a reason love feels so good for us. There's a reason we all 
not only want love, but I believe we need it. Like we truly need it. When people don't have love, things don't go well. Uh, we don't develop properly. And we need love because it is what we actually are. It's what everything is. And when we're tapped into that frequency of love, suddenly it's like, it's kind of like you remember that like, oh, everything is made of clay and the clay is the vibrational frequency of love. And when I remember it's clay, I can like start molding it in the direction that I want rather than believing that mm -hmm. it's like, you know, solid and I'm just experiencing it and I have no control over the situation. Does that make sense? Is that human enough? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's beautiful. And one of the, like, as you were talking, I remembered, I'm pretty sure it was in the book Conversations with God by, I think it's Neil Donald Walsh. The way they describe like us all being, the way he describes rather us all being like God is that, you know, when we become parents, right, we get to know ourselves much more when we're parents, like when we actually have kids. And that's sort of the same way that they describe like, you know, us having, we like God gets to know himself herself whatever the actual is that pronoun whatever the english word is that whatever because my christian conditioning is saying him but like you know that god gets to experience himself and we get to experience ourselves differently by incarnating you know in this life while having it's simultaneous all at the same time but it's also not you know if that sort of makes sense but the parallel between parenting really like hit home for me and really made me understand like I guess the 5D in a human way that I hadn't really perceived or understood. Before. Yeah, totally. That's an amazing analogy. Exactly. Like <laughs> if you, I mean, you don't have to become a parent, right? But exactly. When you become a parent, you, you have something about yourself reflected back to you in a way that, you know, mm -hmm. is really unique to that particular relationship. And that's, I think that's exactly it. Like God just desires to experience itself and not only experience itself, I'm also conditioned to say himself, <laughs> um, not only experience himself, but also to explore himself and, and transform yeah. himself, evolve. Like this is all, if you follow physics at all, sort of astrophysics and cosmological physics, the, the current understanding of the cosmos is that it is expanding and the farther it expands, the faster the expansion is going. And I believe that's because consciousness is elevating. Uh, and it's, it's all, you know, it really is all God just wanting to have an experience. And it's, so it's, you know, created, I just say a bajillion, but like infinite tiny fragments of itself mm. that have forgotten who it is. <laughs> so, that it can, <laughs> so that it can have a blank slate to experience itself by. Yeah, again and again, and yeah. grow and evolve and change each time. And I think that's been like the, the most, I think probably always as a child, to be honest, I was kind of always remembered in, in some aspects, if that sort of makes sense. But like, it, it's so profound when we do have that realization, that remembering of, holy fuck, oh my God, it is all the same thing. I am God, God is me. I'm just experiencing this again. Like I have it, like, you know, the virtual reality thing, like virtual reality games. This is kind of like a virtual reality game because we're not here forever, you know? And then it's like, well, we have so much creative control over our life and what we experience and what we manifest and, and all the things. Oh my gosh, manifestation. Okay, could you speak about 5D manifestation pulling into physical reality? Oh. Could you, do you want to speak, please? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like currently my greatest obsession. I'm so excited about it. I recently had like this, this, final piece of the puzzle come into place that has just made me realize like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. Manifestation is so easy. So 
So basically all of my understanding of manifestation kind of like was built on the foundation of Joe Dispenza, Louise Hay, and Abraham Hicks. And I think they, all three of them do an amazing job at teaching about it. But I think it also benefits us to hear it as it's filtered through other people as well, because, you know, Abraham Hicks, if you listen, she mostly uses the same words over and over again, because those are the ones that resonate with her. So, Mm -hmm. so she's really talking about 5D consciousness too, basically, where you, you stop responding to the conditions in your life as if, as if they're like a factual thing that dictates anything that you're experiencing and you Mm -hmm. kind of relax around it and you sort of understand it to be a reflection of what your beliefs were in the distant to recent past. And you don't give them any more weight than that. And whenever they trigger something in you, you take the invitation to explore that trigger and understand that your own beliefs, you know, they dictate everything that you can experience. You can't experience anything. You can't manifest anything beyond what your beliefs can comprehend. Um, so, so whenever you're triggered by something or you like, you know, you don't like something in your, your current life, something that you're experiencing, rather than feeling powerless to it, you just take the invitation to, to follow that thread and find like, you know, the point, the, the point where the story is, where the pain is hiding out. And the pain's always an indication that you just have like a false belief that is keeping you apart from what is easily available to you. And you just explore that story with some like detached curiosity and you release the emotional charge that's built up around it. Um, and then once that charge is dissipated, you just replace it with something that is more like she says, in alignment with, with what feels true about you and what feels available. And you just mold and sculpt your beliefs gently over time. And then you accept that like nothing, like the things that seem physical to us, they're only physical by virtue of how our brain decodes the energy patterns. Ultimately, everything is just energy arranged into patterns and the energy is all of the same substance. So it's, it's just arranging itself into patterns. I like to make the analogy of like codes from a computer game. So like if you look at an environment in a computer game, it's obviously not real trees. They're not, it's not a real landscape. It's a code. And the uh, software, the gaming software in your computer is rendering that code and turning it into a picture. Well, we are the software that renders the, the energy codes. Or another way I recently thought of it was like, we unzip the zip file. Like the, the information is all there and we just decode it and we decode it through the filter of our beliefs. We decode it through our physical senses and our non-physical senses. And it all has to fit within the framework of our beliefs. So we sort of, you know, mold and sculpt our beliefs to open up more and more to basically acknowledging our worthiness, acknowledging our magic and our power, our powerful creative abilities. And we just decode the energy patterns that are always there. It's also the understanding that like, as soon as you desire something, like that pure place of desire, 
it, it's, it is done. It is done because, <laughs> oh my gosh, I could go on forever about it. It's done because all it is is an energy pattern that you transmitted with the power of your thoughts. And the pattern is always there. I, I already, I kind of see it as like, a sacred geometric pattern, like it just, or a mandala, mm -hmm. it just transmits from your being and it takes shape as a, like a mandala within the energy field that is around us. And we just have to decode it. But mm -hmm. we have all these weird thoughts that we're like, how dare we want something or this thing that we want isn't impossible or wanting something makes us ungrateful or we're just not the kind of person that gets to have that or, you know, we've done this and this and that in our lives. So that makes us unworthy of having these things like we have a lot of programming and conditioning that has caused us to forget how this simulation works, how this virtual reality game works. Mm -hmm. So we keep ourselves apart from decoding the energy pattern of the desire that we have, and then we can't experience it, or it takes forever for it to come in, or it comes in in a way that's kind of warped and distorted based on our, you know, our beliefs. So it can only come in, like it can only squeeze around the cracks of our beliefs. And it doesn't come in in a way that, you know, is a reflection of what it really could be. It's more of a reflection of what we can handle allowing ourselves to have, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. Makes total, that makes total sense. And I guess one of the ways I probably describe it is like, you know, well, I, I mean, I believe like even from like Christian days with reading the Bible and stuff, literally it says the, the desires of your heart are God given, like straight up. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. It's not just to taunt me. Right. And then like totally, I've totally always felt, you know, it feels like a heart, it feels like a heart thing, right? It really does feel like it's radiating from our heart and it really does like desires for me really have always felt like a vibration. And I'm like, well, so anything, and then Abraham Hicks, right. Anything that we, you know, basically our life being like a scrapbook of what we desire, anything that someone else has and things that no one else even has that we're dreaming up, we can have because we ultimately can't think or desire something that we can't actually have, right? And then it becomes this process of like, I almost describe it as like upgrading our human to allow that to precipitate basically into human form for it to, you know, happen around us because energetically it's, it's already done. It's already part of us you know, because it, we're not apart from anything at all. Exactly. We're not, not only are we not apart from it, but it is us. Like It's all the same friggin' substance. It's all, it's that, you know, foundational, like you could call it an ether. Everything is created from the ether of God. Everything, everything, including us, including money, including romantic partnership, including a house, every, everything <laughs> is it's not, it is us and it is God and we are God and there are no limitations. We, we literally live in a limitless universe, in a limitless realm and exactly like anything we can dream of, whether anybody has done it before or not, the fact that it enters into our conscious mind within the limited perspective of being a human means it's it's like super available it's super available and the only thing that's holding us apart from it is the belief that it has to be hard it has to take a long time that we don't deserve it that 
you know, nobody's ever had this before. Like, how dare I want this thing? The audacity of me, you know, whatever, take your pick. It's the work of the devil, whatever thing kind of, you know, makes us believe that we're not allowed to allow it into our lives, but it really isn't allowing it really it really isn't allowing. We're not creating anything. It was created the moment we desired it. And I love that you mentioned from the heart because that's what I've found too, that when you tap into the heart chakra and you feel your desire in a pure way from your heart, it's like, it's already friggin' yours. It's in your energy field. Like it's going to translate into physical reality so fast. Yeah. Like really, it's already done. We already created it when we birthed the desire. So we're not creating anything. We're just translating the energy pattern that it has already like become, or we're unzipping the zip file so that we can see it and experience it in our physical reality. That's, that's all there is to it. We're just allowing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So do you want to take us through that process that you've obviously mastered for yourself and that you take your clients through with removing those limitations and how you really speed up the manifestations of all the things that is already ours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the key thing that I, I found uh, just recently was <laughs> that literally everything is of that primordial substance, everything. So, and, and that substance resonates at the frequency that matches the word that we call love. And so when you just, like Abraham Hicks says, like everything you want is everything you desire, you desire because you believe that you'll feel better in the having of it. And I believe that's true. And she and a lot of manifestation teachers teach on like feeling the feelings of having it before you do. But let's say on the topic of money, if you've never had, like if you've always felt in a place of lack and struggle with money, Imagining what it feels like to have, you know, a six figure business might feel out of reach and you might have to spend a lot of time efforting that, you know, feeling the feeling as if it's already done. And really you can just take that middle piece out of it and you can just tune into the feeling of being a match to like profound, unconditional love. And now, of course, I can hear people saying like, yeah, but Amy, what if I've never felt love before? Because, uh, you know, I was born into really difficult circumstances and nobody loved me and I was treated like garbage and all that stuff. It might make it a little bit harder to tap into that because you have a bunch of stories based on that experience, but you are love. That is what you are. So it's tapping into a love that feels like you've come home. And when you tap into it, like you're like, fuck, literally nothing is wrong in my life at all. When I'm in this space, nothing, I'm not wanting for anything. For me, the, for me, the, the way that it really worked and clicked was to, I was kind of practicing this thing of personifying money. I was imagining money as this like sexy man, who absolutely adores me. And he's like, I don't know, I was like my sugar daddy only better because there's no weird power, you know, discrepancies, but like money just loves me. Money wants to provide for me completely 
cover all of my needs, but also money wants to spoil me, wants to give me luxurious gifts, tiny gifts, surprises, predictable gifts. And money wants me to receive him. For me, it's a him. Money wants me to receive him fully. And like he gets pleasure from my pleasure and delight at receiving all that he desires to give to me. So I was practicing that and it felt really, really good. And then it naturally led into even being beyond money, just like this tapping into, again, it feels like a male for me. It feels almost like a soulmate, like a disincarnated soulmate. It doesn't even feel like a spirit guide. It feels like my soulmate or twin flame who loves me absolutely unconditionally, who will never, ever go away, who has everything he's trying to hand it all to me patiently, forever, unwaveringly. And it's up to me to just receive it. And so I just sort of practiced that feeling because it felt so good. <laughs> that I just was like, oh, you know, whenever I had a minute here or there, and I have a two and a half year old. So literally sometimes it's only a minute or two here and there. And I would just close my eyes and tune into that feeling of like that deep, unconditional love and partnership where like, you know, he, I need to receive it from him and he's giving it like we fulfill each other in receiving it. I fulfill him in him giving it to me. He fulfills me. When I tapped into that feeling and held it for a minute or two here and there, it just like all of my perception of my problems and struggles melted away. It became like the beautiful like harbor or sanctuary that I could retreat to instantly and effortlessly just because it feels so good. And it ended up resulting in a manifestation very quickly of something that I, I can't talk about it yet, but something that I can't specify yet. But it's very exciting. It's a big deal. It's something I had been actively calling in for at least three years, but for much longer than that, that I actually thought was impossible. I had given up on and I thought was like, you know, it was just not going to happen. And I had given up on it in a way that wasn't like, oh, surrender to the universe. It was like, okay, I accept it's not coming. I'll be fine. It, it happened so fast. And I can like, it's, it's continuing to happen. I'm having more things trickling in more, uh, you know, more of the things like, for example, more people reaching out, more, more people booking in with me at my new higher rate, things like that. And I know it's, it's just because that feeling is, is who we are and it's all we actually want. And everything that we seek to manifest is just, um, what's the word, like a version, like a different variation of that feeling. So money is love and permission and support and enjoyment of life and ease and flow and like that deep feeling of safety and security and belonging. Romantic love is the same thing, like the desire to be unconditionally received by somebody and enjoyed by somebody and to feel like they're never going away and and you're just so okay with that like you have such deep security in that and so much connection and resonance there having a house is like 
experiencing receiving luxury, receiving shelter, safety, warmth, receiving coziness, a sanctuary, a place to raise your family or a place to um, retreat and like deeply connect with yourself and enjoy life or a place to host other people that you love. Like, you know, it means something slightly different for all of us, but I believe what it all comes down to is that deep feeling of being home within the universe and home and in, in partnership with the universe where you know that like you're not just an accidental thing floating around trying to manifest by like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks but that this is how it's supposed to be you're deeply valued and and desired and supported each one of us is each one of us and i promise if you just try tapping into that feeling and practicing it again like a couple minutes here and there when you get the chance it's just gonna move things for you i know it is oh my goodness i am full of chills and just and my human is buzzing right now like i am so happy oh my gosh i honestly could talk about this with you for hours and have in the bus yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I just want to thank you so much for, for being here. And I do always like to ask, is there anything else? I know you, you honestly, what you just said was like magical and beautiful. Is there anything that you feel like anyone needs to hear right now listening, like as a final point to tie up, like if they're sitting here going like completely mind blown right now, like what, what they need to hear and know and pull into them, into their, into their human yeah the last the last thing is just that you are magic you are magic and you are gifted you are you have the ability to tap into non-physical energy and intelligence to receive information from non-physical things that we would call psychic gifts but you also have magic that like can't even be defined but like you are not you're not a muggle there are no muggles there are no muggles you are magic and it's time for you to claim it for yourself and activate it again oh my gosh yes with all my heart yes 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 would you mind sharing with people please where they can connect with you more and get to know you more and where they can work with you and all the things i would love love that please Thank you. Yeah, so the easiest places to connect with me are on Instagram. Um, my handle is at the North Star dot love, as well as um, my Facebook group, which is called Soul Space. And I have a website, but I don't love it. So I just use my link tree basically from Facebook and Instagram. That's just the easiest way to get a hold of me and my DMs there. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I, uh, I just want to honor you so much for being here thank you so much amy it's been the most epic conversation of course of course <laughs> thank you so much for having me and thank you everybody for your time and your ears and your attention thank you for listening yes thank you everyone and the links will be below for amy's instagram and, and all the places what she mentioned so you can click down there and go follow her and we would love for you to screenshot this and put it up in your stories honestly we, we love love the shout outs and love hearing from who's listening and that you love the episode Oh, yay. Thank you. Okay. Take care, everyone. And thank you, Amy. Bye.
If you have enjoyed this episode, I would adore if you would screenshot it, chuck it up on your stories with your favorite takeaway moment, and tag me at Hi by Babe on Instagram so that more people can see this and get this content and get this message out there to really shape and change and impact other people's lives. Do you desire to be around more high vibe women who really get you, who encourage you, who like support you no matter what? Yeah, well, guess what? I have a place that you belong. It is called High Vibe Babes Community. It is a free Facebook group, and I would love to have you in there. There are so many free trainings and epicness in this group, so please get your booty in there. It would mean the world if you would subscribe to this podcast, do the reviews, the rating, the stars, all of the things. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait to chat with you on the next episode. I'm sending you all of the vibes and all of the love over and out from Inherit the High Vibe Babe. Thank you.